Well, welcome back to the Behind the Well Show, everyone. It's 2022, and we're starting the year all pissed off. Elias told me earlier you couldn't remember what year it was, which I agree. I was writing a check the other day. I'm like, what is it, 2020, 2021? It's 2022 now. Yeah, I realized. So I I just want to welcome everybody back to 2022 and a great year of episodes with us. Yeah, that's the correct year, but I, I keep forgetting. I think in my mind it's going to be. 2021 i keep thinking that and i keep thinking it's 2020 so then the other day i was sitting there and i go why do i why can't i remember what the year is but i think the year 2020 just like kind of got like lost in time because it was such a weird year that it just doesn't register in my brain that that year has come and gone but it absolutely has so 2022 right that's the year we're going into 2021 went so fast i can't believe it but yeah we're 2022 now I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, we're we're here. Um, okay, so what are what are some of your resolutions for 2022? Well, maybe we should talk about last year's resolutions first and how they went. We can. Um, I don't know about you, but I would say I was about 50-50 on my resolutions. You know, I, I'm looking at the type five here. They're they're pretty similar for me. Do more exercise, which I actually did last year. I don't know how you keep track of yours, but I've got one of those little eye watches that keeps track of like how many miles I kept track of how many miles I did for the year, which it wasn't, oh, a, it wasn't, a, for you. it wasn't a great number, but it was better. Lose was weight more or less than 50. I was 50% to my goal, which we've talked about this before. Here's the cool thing about goals. If you set them really lofty and you miss them by 50%, you're still happy. I remember I had a mentor one time and he said, hey, you know, what's your income goal? And I told him, he goes, why don't you just like triple it? Because then if you miss it by 50%, you still hit your real goal. Just, you know, trying to aim high for what you're trying to accomplish. And we've talked about that, you and I just, Mm -hmm. well, if you're happy doing X, just make it three times that number, then you almost can't fail. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, I got a calendar with like motivational sayings, but every... Every now and then they slip in a funny one. So the one, the one hanging up, hanging up in my uh, cubicle right now, it says aim low, reach your goals and avoid disappointment. The exact opposite of what you're talking about. You know, what's funny. So my wife, I've tried to convince my wife to take this perspective on things. Typically when you plan a vacation or a kid's birthday party or an event, most people are expecting this, I don't know, just glorious outcome. Like they're thinking this is going to be the best case scenario, right? Like they're expecting what you see on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah right. that's they're, fake. They're expecting Instagram or Facebook experience, or yeah. I should say meta experience. I don't know, whatever. And I convinced her, I'm like, if you actually just prepare that this is going to be the biggest disaster ever, you absolutely can't be let down. And I'm going to go back to something that happened to me in 2021. And I've talked about this before, but I ordered this new transducer for my boat. I love to fish. Um, I loved crappie fish. And this new transducer came out. And I ordered this in December of 2020 on the pre-order. Like, the pre-order hit my email, and I had it ordered within a minute. Like, I was one of the first 500 out the door. Well... They started delivering these transducers to people in about January. Well, January in Iowa, there's ice on the water. So I didn't get a chance to test this thing out until March. 
And I've been seeing reviews of this saying, hey, I have a bad transducer. It doesn't work. Had to send it back and get a replacement. So when I went out in March to test this thing out, my expectation was 100% that this was not going to work. Go put it in the water. And sure enough, it didn't work. I called our buddy Brad. He's like, oh, man, I bet you're so disappointed. I'm like, no, not really. I expected that this wasn't going to work, and I was mentally prepared for this. So I set myself up that I couldn't be disappointed. You were aiming low so you could avoid disappointment. Absolutely. I so I tried to convince my wife I that if you that. just, you know, go grandiose but aim low, like from an expectation standpoint, it can only be better. Well, yeah, that's kind so of her like her her expectations are what for like how your kids will react to it or well you know good good ex- I don't know if it's a good example but think about Christmas someone's gonna give your kid a toy and they are gonna expect your kid to be like so excited to get it and they're gonna open it they're gonna toss it to the side and grab the next package and not even acknowledge it oh yeah and if that, that person was set up that. Man, this is going to be, they're going to be so excited for it. And then they don't even acknowledge it, set themselves up for disappointment. So I do the same thing with my wife, especially with the holidays. You know, she's bought all these gifts. I'm like, well, just remember, they're going to like them all, but they will like some other better than others. And then it'll change. They'll yeah. rotate and go back. See, I avoid, I just, I don't buy any gifts. So again, I'm avoiding disappointment because I don't have any expectations because I didn't, I didn't help get any of them. Yeah, I'm fortunate. My wife does all of it. I I don't touch up anything for Christmas, but I thought it'd be fun to go back, look at what the top resolutions were for 2021, talk about the success and failure rates, and then actually give people a um, some goals that they could set uh, from a financial standpoint that are easy, fairly easy to execute. They shouldn't be you know, overwhelming. If you said an overwhelming goal, that's super complicated. It, it just won't work. Um, part of the reason I set a fitness goal is that's what I can control. Like, yeah, I want to lose some weight. That's actually one of the top ones. Everybody has every year is lose more weight. 48% of people want to lose more weight. Well, that's mine. Well, how do you get there? You can control your eating. You can control your exercise. And those are really the only two ways to get there. So if you just take one of the controllables and do that, you're halfway home right to getting to getting healthier but yeah to- and an interesting thing of these top resolutions for 2021 three of them were health and fitness related so i think that to me that highlights how it's it's hard to do that it's hard to eat right all the time it's hard to exercise consistently but those are probably why those are always on here year after year because it's hard to do so let's talk about what they are here's the top 5 New Year's resolutions from 2021, from previous years. And I'm going to guess these are going to be exactly the same top five this year. We'll have to go yeah, back. the same five every year. On 2023 and see what they were. But number one was doing more exercise or improving my fitness 50%. Um, that doesn't shock me. Every single person wants to do this. And we'll talk about how long they actually do it for. But almost every person you talk to is going to say, hey, this year my goal is to get in better shape it's really hard to be disciplined to do this because life seems to get in the way. So one of the things I've realized for me to help accomplish some resolution or some goals, you got to do some time blocking. If you say I'm going to do more exercise and improve my fitness, but you don't have a specific time you're going to do it each day, there's no way you're going to do it. 
because you're going to wake up. You're going to get on your phone. You're going to help your kids get ready for school, take them to school. You're going to go to work, you know, home at five o'clock at five o'clock. The motivation level for most people isn't very high unless it's on their calendar saying, hey, this is my next thing I need to do today. So time blocking becomes critically important to kind of accomplish these goals. But so number one, fitness, losing weight was number two, 48 percent of people out there wanted to lose more weight. Three was save money. Four, improving my diet. And five was pursuing a new career ambition. 21% of people said that. I will tell you personally of those, I, I kind of look at three of those all in the same category, more exercise, losing weight, and improving my diet. I'm guessing that just all goes to losing more weight. <laughs> if you think yeah, about that's it, most the reason, of those. Yeah, that's the reason. Um, I mean, well, the percentage of people that are, exercising and improving their fitness because they because they need to so that'd be like professional athletes that's like half a percent of the population so everyone else it's just to be healthy here's a great example justin in our office runs triathlons i'm pretty sure if you looked at his new year's resolution improving my fitness losing weight and improving my diet are not on his list well if, yeah he's already doing triathlons so if anything it's going to be the next no, next it's going to be like the next thing to challenge him to go further. It'll be like, I want a better time or so, something within that, but it's not going to be just improve my overall well-being because he's in really good shape to start. Um, interesting, though, research shows that only 60% of people make New Year's resolutions. Only 60% of the people actually go into the year and say, hey, look, I think this is what I'm going to try to accomplish this year, which is a little sad because... I don't know if that means those 40% of the people. And if you're one Easy. of the 40%. I'm in that 40. I don't do New Year's resolution. But, okay, so you can answer this. Is it because you don't want to be let down that you didn't accomplish it? Or what is no. the reason that you don't do a New Year's resolution? I'm trying – and it's okay. I'm not beating those people up. I'm just trying to understand so why there's not a goal set for something. Yeah, so for me, I always have goals. So like just the the calendar changing to a new year has never been motivation for me to make goals. I always have things I'm I'm working towards. And I don't and I don't really put I I've never been I've never made a goal of, well, in the next 12 months I need to accomplish this. It it doesn't matter if I have a goal and I want to do something. I mean, I try to break it down to steps to get there, but the year changing has nothing to do with the goals I set for so myself. Really so I goal, just don't do it. You you have more, you're just taking more of a long-term view saying, hey, I just want to get it done at some point. I'm not putting like a time frame on when it needs to get accomplished. Right. Okay. Um, of the 60% who actually make a goal, only 8% actually achieve them. So that, that was my question. Are these the 40% that aren't doing goals just saying, you know what? the probability of actually making it happen is so low anyway, it's not worth it. Like why make that goal that I'm not going to accomplish. And then the 60% who are doing these goals, are they just doing it because they believe it's the thing they're supposed to do? Like, Oh yeah, yeah it's a new year. It. I'm supposed to make a goal. Yeah. And just look at the statistics. Try going to the says. gym. Try, try going to the gym in January. No, but the statistics are telling us that those 60%, they're not actually setting the goal because they really want to accomplish it. I think they're setting the goal to conform to the social standards. Like, oh, it's the new year. I'm supposed to have a goal. 
So let's go make yes, an obscure goal of getting in better health. Um, or like what I did is I said number of miles I wanted to accomplish. Um, that was the easiest way for me to monitor because, you know, you know, more exercise, that's arbitrary. For some people, that's like, oh, 20 minutes a week more, that's more exercise. Is it actually meaningful? You got to figure out what's actually meaningful. So 8% of people actually achieve their goal. After the first week, only, we joked about this last year, 25% of the goals are already in the toilet. I mean, after like seven so days, rapid they're Rapid decline. Yeah. Um, after two weeks, there's only 71% of people are still successful. After a month, 64%. And by a month, six, 46% are still keeping the resolution. So there's a 50% failure rate, which actually, that was higher than I thought after that amount of time. But by the end of the year, 8%. It just goes to show that I'm not sure those goals were actually meaningful. Uh, for those people. Right. Um, yeah. So the year, so this proof, like the year changing doesn't have anything to do with goal achieving. If people, if you're goal oriented and, it's, and like to do it, it doesn't matter if it's the years changing next week or eight months from now, you're just going to set the goal and work towards it. Um, there's a study that had the reasons for failure. 35% of the participants failed, said they had unrealistic goals. So that kind of goes back to my, my theory though. Like if your goal is to exercise 2000 miles and you hit it and you go a thousand miles, you might have not accomplished your goal, but did you really fail? I don't think so. No, I don't think no. so. Um, you, you've seen the movie Moneyball, right? Yes. Okay. So there's a part of that movie, um, when, uh, they're in, they're in the film room and he calls him Billy Bean and says, Billy, I want you to watch this. And it's their catcher from some double A team, right? And I don't know if you remember this, but he's a big, he's an overweight guy and he never, ever like runs to first because he's super slow. Like he just never goes for it. So he hits a really hard line drive and he just going as fast as he can around first base and he's going for second base and he trips on first base. He falls to the ground, <laughs> you know, and the thing is he didn't realize it, but he'd already hit a home run. So he didn't have to run that hard. And everybody's kind of laughing at him. And I think it's Joan. Is it Jonah Hill who's in that movie? Is that his name? Yeah. Jonah Hill. He yeah. goes, the funny thing is he already accomplished it and didn't realize he did. So you could miss your goal. There was a parody to Billy Bean like, look, you took the lowest market team in baseball. I'm what like They spent like $37 million, And they made it to, you know, the American League Championship Series on the lowest amount of baseball. But you didn't win the World Series. That didn't mean you failed. You actually accomplished something really great. You already won. You just didn't realize it. Right. Which in the eyes of the, you know, every professional organization wants to win the championship. So, and they probably feel like they failed, but what they, that doesn't take away from what they accomplished. So, yeah. So, my question is in the study, like, hey, we have these people who said they failed. Well, did they actually fail or did they not maybe hit the goal, but still, accomplish something that was really, really great. Um, and maybe they don't know, don't know as I looked at the next, next statistic here, but 33% of the participants in the study who failed didn't keep track of their progress. Well, I mean, if you didn't keep track of your progress, that probably wasn't a real goal from day one, right? Yeah. If, you, if your goal is to lose weight and you didn't write down your weight on January 1st and you don't know what your end weight was, like that wasn't a real goal. 
That was just something you said to make yourself feel good. Yeah. Well, and of all the things, this is the this is the number one area I could improve on. I do a good job of having goals and like working towards them, but I don't track. I don't track as well as I should. So there, maybe that should be my resolution. I'm changing my ways already. Well, you actually lied to start the show. You said you don't make resolutions. You did make a resolution on the show last year. I did it for the show, but in general, I don't do that. Okay, but you accomplished that resolution goal. Right. About three weeks ago. But I didn't. No, I accomplished it all year. No, it was to host the show, to do the intro to the show. <laughs> yeah. That what, what, what goal were you talking about? I thought you were about? talking about to get better at technology. Yeah, you did actually work at that. You did work hard at getting better at technology. You're kind of better. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> You're right. I am kind of better, yep. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the year, I was just going for kind of better, just like, just like the 8% of the other people. Well, you know, I'm just making sure you're funny this year. Um, 23% of the people actually forgot about the resolution, so they clearly didn't want to accomplish that. And about 1 in 10 said they made too many resolutions. And I could resonate with this. If somebody comes out and says, I have eight things I want to accomplish this year, it's pretty hard to concentrate on eight things. If they're actually meaningful things that are going to take a year to accomplish. Now, if you said eight things, but it's a two months to get it accomplished. Like if you said, hey, my goal is to make sure I have all my tax stuff to the accountant by February 28th. Well, that's an easy one to mark off and move on to the next goal. But if you set eight goals that take a whole year to accomplish, start thinking about the amount of time you're going to have to spend every day working on that goal. It's probably not realistic. Yeah. And I think that's probably where people fail. They get way too overzealous of what they think they're going to do, and then they don't have time to do it. So I had (laughs) – this made me think of this story, but a friend of mine once told me that over the span of one year – Cause you know, we're coming up on a new year and he wanted, he's making his resolutions and he, t- he goes, I'm going to learn how to play three instruments this year. Three. I go, why, I go, why don't you the just. The banjo, the harmonica. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's he learn how to play? I go, why don't you just learn how to do one? I want to be a one man band. So I'm going to learn three. And I think to this day, this was four or five years ago. To this day, he plays zero instruments. If he would have just learned how to beatbox, he could do it all with his mouth. Go just, buy it. Go buy a harmonica and start with that. Have you ever heard of the the guy called Heatbox? No. So he actually is like a one man band, but he does it all through beatboxing. I went to a we went to a place at uh, the Mockingbird to a little like venue, and we went to this. It was actually really really cool. It's so the, what, Mockingbird is that the breakfast place in Iowa City? No, no, Mockingbird. no. Mockingbird and Marion. It was a little um, like a vent hall that had like small bands or performances Ah, i remember now so what he would do is he would like play the drums beatbox the drums and he would record it and then he'd go beatbox the next thing record it and he's overlaying it onto one song so at the end when he's done he plays this one song that you remember the name his name's heatbox oh heatbox okay yeah i'm pretty sure it's heatbox i'll look it up but um it was actually a really fun uh yeah, he, he's the one-man entertainment system, a Minneapolis-based funky beatboxing loop artist. It was really, like, cool to watch because he's literally creating a song. Like, he did uh, a Warren G song and a couple other, like, songs that you'd recognize. But as he's doing it, you wouldn't know because he's just doing the one, like, 
you know, the guitar, the the drums or whatever, one at a time, and then overlaying it into the song at the end. It's really cool. So that would be a neat experience. Yeah, you can check him out on YouTube. It's um, his name's Heatbox. His website's Heatbox LLC. I don't have a plug for it. I just was thinking about when you said your buddy's going to be a one man band. He can do it all, all with just his mouth. He learned uh, three instruments to in beatbox. Um, so a couple of things. So. What are the tips for people as you start to set your goals going into the next year? And then we're going to talk about, you know, five, I think it's five financial goals you could have that are very, very easy to at least accomplish and get started on the right track. But the first thing about your goals, it should be realistic. Um, there's an acronym out there called SMART that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time Bound. Those are all the things it takes to be successful when you go and set a goal. If you're not doing one of those, it's not going to happen. You have to know it needs to be specific. That's why I said, well, more exercise. What's more? Not specific. I gave myself a number of miles I wanted to do for the year. Hey, if I do X amount of miles, that leads to other things. Measurable, how are you going to track it? To achievable. So if you go say, hey, I'm going to walk 10,000 miles a year, you have to start to break that down. I mean, are you doing 30 a day? It has to be an achievable goal. Right, because 30 miles a day is 10,000 miles. Someone say, I want to walk 10,000 miles. Well, you got to do 30 a day. How are you going to have time for that? No one no one has time to yeah, do that. I have, a, I have a buddy of mine who's been, um, he, he, I don't know, it was probably 2020. He said, hey, I'm going to do 30,000 steps a day. 30,000 steps a day. You know how many that is? That's a lot. But he actually accomplishes. So after dinner. Where does he work? Uh, he, he, he's a recruiter. So he's not moving, not moving at work. No, but he, right. like a lot of times he can work on his phone while he's walking. So I can see him get up every morning. He goes for a walk. I don't know how many steps he gets. And then after dinner, he'll just go walk until he's done with his steps. So he hits his steps every day, but he has a very measurable thousand steps. Yeah. I want to say it's like seven to nine yeah, miles. Got, was, yeah. It's, it's not be crazy. In the I want to say 10,000 steps is like four or five miles. Pretty close. Um, and then you get steps in during the rest of the day, but he created a measurable goal and he's been able to accomplish it. I'm sure he doesn't get it every day, but if he gets 20, that's still really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I'd and, say. Yeah. And it's relevant to what he wants to do. He could achieve it. Um, the second part of it is creating a plan. And we talked about that. Is it just a wish or is it a want? Do you wish you weighed less or had more exercise or do you want to? Because if you want to, you're going to have to say, hey, this is the time of day I'm going to do it. If you just think it's magically going to happen, and this is with any goal. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm using weight loss because that's the number one goal people have. If if that's your goal and you don't make it uh, you know, time-bound, I guess, it's not going to work. You have to say, hey, this is what time I'm going to exercise every day. Or like my buddy, he has his walk in the morning, and then after dinner, I'm going to go do this until I'm done. That's uh, to me, if your goal is to walk 30,000 steps, that's the only way you're ever going to accomplish it. If, if, unless you're like, if you have a job where you're like the FedEx guy, the delivery people, they might get that kind of steps every day, but they're moving a lot. Well, let's be honest. Let's just think about the time that we waste in a day. Let's just say you can walk yourself a 15 minute mile. That's moving, but 16, let's say 16. So you go for a walk in the morning for an hour, get four miles. 
eight, 9,000 steps. Instead of going out to lunch with your buddies, instead of us going and getting chicken wings, <laughs> we decide to go we're, for a walk. Yeah, don't don't think we're going to start walking <laughs> instead of going. But I'm just saying, for chicken so now wings. we go for a walk. Well, now we're at 20,000 at lunchtime, and then we have an hour walk. So it's actually attainable. It's just you have to have a plan to actually actually do it. It's no different than financial planning. If you think you're just going to like sideways yourself into retirement without a plan, it's not going to work. You may get lucky, but more than likely, it's not going to work. If you, you walk in here at 64 and they say, how much money do you spend? And you say, I don't know. Well, then I don't know if you can retire. You don't know if it'll work. You're just guessing. We had clients in the other day that they have a lot of money. What'd she say? I guess we need to figure out how much we're going to spend. Yeah, I that's said, yeah, the main... I said, it's really hard to mess up how much money you have unless you don't know what you spend. So let Eli, let's jump into the top financial goals that people could think about that I think are very, very easy to accomplish. Um, I shouldn't say easy to accomplish, but they're attainable. We're not setting a goal out to say, hey, my goal this year is to make a million dollars or to save a million dollars. Just small, five small things that can help get people on the right track to accomplish the financial goals that they might have. So what's number one, Elias? I'll let you take that one. This is an easy one. Well, probably easier said than done for a lot of people, but spend less money than you earn. So, or another way to say that, um, live within your means. So a lot of times um, that comes with budgeting or at least understanding your spending. Um, I personally don't really do, I don't really do a budget. Um, I guess in our house, we kind of do more like sinking funds because we kind of know our annual expenses and then we just kind of allocate dollars systematically as we go. But it, it is budgeting in a way, but it's I don't a different like, way to do it. I don't do mine on a spreadsheet and then I have to live to the penny because there are times where, you know, there are times where we splurge and we do things because we have a lifestyle that we want to have. But in general, spending less than what you earn, that's like the most basic fundamental thing that you can do. Um, to help build your wealth. And the other thing I like to remind people is it's not necessarily what you earn. Like it's not necessarily what you make in income, how much you're able to save has a lot more to do with your long-term wealth building than, than what you're able to earn as income. Yeah, those are good points. So we've touched on this before. You don't have to have this very, very rigid or, you know, this really detailed budget. I just go through and add up everything I spend and then I figure out what the buffer is. That's how you know. I mean, a budget doesn't have to be complicated, but you have to know at some level what you're spending each month. Go download a Quicken. I had a client who's having trouble figuring out where they're spending their money. They thought it was because they had a truck payment. I go, I promise you the truck payment's not the problem. Go download yeah. Quicken and figure out where you're spending money. Sure enough, it wasn't the truck. It was, yeah, the, it was the $42 happy hour and the $62 dinner and all the other things. And that's okay. They enjoyed doing that. But I said, you guys got to figure out now how often you can do those things because you have a baseline budget. How often can you do the extra stuff? So that's the budget that I, I go through. I say, hey, what's the stuff I have to pay? And then how much is discretionary after that? Right. Then, you know me, I just set up what I'm going to save first. Then then how much I have to spend on everything else. And then the extra is the fluff. Well, then you can figure out how you guys are going to spend the fluff in your house, but spend less than what you earn. 
the key is here. You have to know what you're spending. You have to know what you're earning. So if you make 5,000 a month and you spend four, you're doing good. A lot of people, they make five, their budget's based on five. And then guess what happens? Well, we're going to take a vacation visa card. Yeah. And, and that's nothing. how people spend more than they earn. The only way you can actually spend more than what you earn is if you're utilizing credit. It's the only way you can do it. Or you're dipping into your retirement funds. If you have, you know, whatever, some retirement funds or some type of savings. Yep. Two is eradicate debt. Um, easy way to do this. Prioritize the good debt and bad debt. What's good debt and bad debt. The only real good debt out there is mortgage. Um, maybe student loans is good debt. If it led you to get a higher paying job, that's still debatable. Mm. Um, business debt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Business debt. If, it, if you had to borrow money to get your business going, which most businesses do, hopefully that's good debt. You're taking a different risk, but we're okay with that. Bad debt, car loans, student loans, or car loans, credit cards, things of that nature. Um, that's the debt you'd want to eradicate, primarily credit card debt. If you look at the average credit card rate, I want to say it's 17-ish percent interest. There's no investment that outperforms 17% a year on a guaranteed annual basis. doesn't exist. <laughs> no, that's and, the unicorn. And I know people try to base their decision-making on, well, could I earn more investing somewhere else, right? We, we had this question the other day. Client called up, I sold my house. What should I do with the proceeds? And you asked, well, are you going to buy another house? Yes. Should I keep the money or should I invest it? Our answer was pay your house off. That's yeah. what the money's for. Yes, I know mathematically, long term, 15 years, more than likely, she would do better investing the money. Psychologically, she won't, though, because she's 62 years old. She wants her house paid for. So psychologically, you have to help that client make the right money move. So you can't always weigh and say, well, the interest rate is this and I could earn this. So that's how I make my decision. That's a mathematical decision. Yeah. But that, but mathematics and that type of common sense doesn't actually resonate in the financial world because most people make financial decisions based upon feelings, feelings and emotions. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And they can't handle it. And so that I mean, that conversation went basically just how you're describing it. And then, um, because I, you know, I, I highlighted the points of both and why I could make a good argument for both. And then, um, so in, in this particular client is a big, uh, big Dave Ramsey follower and has been using Dave Ramsey's advice. She said for like 25 years and her previous house was paid for. And she really liked that. And, I said, you know, I think the bottom line for me is I don't like to fix things that aren't broken. And if that advice has been working for you for 25 years, why would we do something different at this point? Well, if she's been listening to Dave, she's heard this line over and over. He's never seen a foreclosed on home that's been paid for. The that bank doesn't exist. The house. Right, you right. could lose it because you didn't pay your taxes. Correct. But the bank is but not the tax taking bills, your house. Yeah, tax bill is easy to pay. Yes. Uh, three, maintain an adequate emergency fund. We hit on this a lot during 2020 and 2021 because of what happened with COVID. Um, you got to have an emergency fund. And $1,000, hey, sorry, Ramsey fans, $1,000 while you're doing the debt snowball is not enough. It literally, That's... you should get that emergency account cracking before you start tackling the other stuff. Three to six months, 
bad stuff happens. If you have a thousand dollars, that barely covers most people's homeowners deductible. And if you live here, we had a derecho last year. That storm we had the other night, that was actually considered a derecho again. I heard that. It's considered yeah. derecho. There wasn't the widespread damage because we didn't get those hundred and fifty mile an hour. And winds. it wasn't sustained. Yeah, it wasn't crazy for forty five minutes. So if you don't if you think a thousand bucks is enough well what's your homeowner's deductible most people today insurance companies have gone to this one percent of your deductible so so if your home's worth three hundred fifty thousand, your deductible is probably 3500 bucks okay and just so from the example of the derecho happening let's say the derecho happens and you have a thousand dollar emergency fund and you decide well i need to just go buy tools so i can fix some of this stuff myself well, by the time you go buy a good chainsaw and some other stuff to fix damage, you could easily spend $1,000 just on the tools to get started to fix the problem. And in now front you're under you. your credit cards because you only have 1000 bucks. Right. And, so, the, and this is even, you just went to buy stuff you need. This isn't even hiring someone, a professional to do it. So yeah, 1000 bucks. Got to be more than that. Yeah. Three to six months. Four, this should actually be number one, but pay yourself first. Um, you know, we, we did a, Show on that book, The Latte Factor. And most people go to work all week for somebody else. And what I mean by that is you work 40 hours. If your money just goes to pay your bills, you literally work 40 hours to pay somebody else. What if every day, just the first hour of every day, you paid yourself with that one hour? So if you make 20 bucks an hour, each day you took 20 bucks and I'm paying myself first before I pay everybody else. This is a way to start building some massive wealth without, you know, having to come up with large, large sums of money. And that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but if you're working 40 hours a week, that means you'd be in investing like $100 a week. Well, 5,000 a year starts to add up over a long period of time, but pay yourself first. And we, we have the rule of thumb, 10 to 15% of what you make, at least 10%, we should get going into an employer 401k if you have it. That way you're getting the, you're getting the employer match, you're getting some free money, but pay yourself first. That, that should be the number one thing of all of these things here. Yeah. Is move that to the top and make that number one because that's your number one best way to start building wealth. Yeah. And I think a story that highlights this for me is recently at a at a holiday party. I had a friend. I was talking with a friend of mine, and he's um he's been a good saver since he started working after school. And he's only a year or two older than me, so he's 34, 35. And he goes, you know, he goes, I've never really, like, saved a lot of money in any single year, but he goes, I've always done 10 to 15% of my income. And he's like, I can't believe how much I have right now. So it just goes to show getting started and doing it. To me, it goes to show it'll work. And think about someone who, you know, he's 34, 35 years old and he's already very happy with the results. So you just keep doing what you've been doing and things should work out for you. Number five, we're going to end the show with this one. Start investing. That goes hand in hand with paying yourself first. Don't let it sit in your bank account. If you're letting it sit in your bank account, especially like in 2021, we saw inflation north of 5%. If your money sat in the ba bank account and inflation was 5% and you earned zero in the bank, you lost 5% of your purchasing power. Invest the money. Go find a financial advisor. Go to our website, btwellshow.com. We'll help you get, off, get started on the right foot if this is what you need to do. But just get started investing the money at some level. Um, don't worry about the ups and downs. Just put it in every single month, every single week, however you want to do it. And that'll help get you on the right foot to success. Yeah. And for 
what I suppose if someone who's getting closer to retirement and already has quite a bit of wealth, they could get started by, you know, maybe starting a financial plan and start getting ready for, um, you know, for the next phase of distribution strategy and stuff like that to get started on that too. That'd be more of a planning thing. But Yeah, for sure. If, if your new, year, new year's resolution is to set out to get a financial plan, figure out where you are for retirement, answer the questions that people have about retirement, which are typically how much can I spend? How long will it last? What rate of return do I need to earn? What portfolio do I need to be in? Those are all things we can help you answer if you go to btwellshow.com. You know, we do an initial consultation. It doesn't cost anything to have that consultation. Um, just go to the website and click contact an advisor. We'd be more than happy to help you guys. We hope everybody gets started off in a great 2022. I hope if you set out a goal this year, you're in the 54% of the people that, uh, or I should say, the 8% of the people that are going to accomplish their goal. That's what we wish for everybody. Uh, and some of the things we talked about in this show should help you be successful. With that said, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you have any questions, just go to btwellshow.com. We'd be happy to answer those on air. Hope everybody has a great 2022. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPIC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Premier Investments of Iowa Incorporated and LPL Financial do not provide tax advice. Please consult your tax professional.